got Bob Costello with us today. He's going to give us a few minutes and talk to us. He's from the American Trucking Association. Right. No yeah. doubt that freight has been in a recession, right? Oh. Um, and for months. For months. Yeah, it's been a while. I, you know, I think we're close to bottom. Independent contractors um, that are in the spot market and this is important and went out and bought that really expensive used trucks during you know 2021 and early 2022 yep but i don't think interest rates are going to come down anytime soon and we we still have a few more quarters um, where you know rate hikes really haven't fully taken their effect inflation's down but it's not where they want it to be, right? Where the Fed wants it to be. But I think we're going to get there. Do you agree or don't? For the fleets that are left, and what you described that happened just before the 4th of July, things could start to feel better because enough capacity cumulative, really starting late last year, as you said, and you're right, it happened, but it didn't happen quite as much, or maybe it just wasn't visible. I do think talking to some folks, it's more of it is going on right now. They will start to feel better, uh, even if demand, all we really need is, is demand to level off and maybe even come up just a hair. And, uh, and, and fleets are going to feel, it's going to feel different out there. Because, again, it's, it's not like there's any data we can go to and go, um, you know, a lot of these fleets aren't calling up FMCSA and go, hey, I'm going out of business. Go ahead and take me out of your database, right? I mean, they, they wait for them to figure that out. And so, um, yeah, it's a it's a supply side story that eventually, right? That work the industry will start to feel it. And and uh, I do think it's sort of a second wave that is transpiring right now. So if what you're you're sharing with us is is a bellwether, I believe the information if you want real-time factual information on who's staying in business and who's it not it's not coming out of ffmcsa it's coming from the insurance providers that are getting their policies canceled that's exactly what i'm talking about that's why i said i talked to them the anecdotal evidence from them right. just because you're small doesn't mean you fail in this environment right correct it's, it's it's you're primarily in the spot market and you went out and bought a bunch of uh, really expensive used equipment. That was the killer, right? Uh, you didn't know it at the time, but that's that's what. It, but but those are the folks. Yes, they're not renewing. And the insurance providers are like, you know, why are you not renewing? Well, I went under. I'm no longer in business. Now, fast forward through that. And there'll be more, I would say, that are going to go under by the end of the year that we're going to hear about in December or late November that they'll be closing their doors. But we've seen big companies that have been in business a long period of time close their doors. But I, I don't know that that's a lot different than any other year. At some point in time, they, they decide it's not worthwhile. And that's due to volatility, right? I think it's due to a lot of things. But I do think, I think we all know maybe a large provider that recently went out of business, right? I mean, maybe. And, and, but there's also been acquisitions of big truckload carriers. And I can tell you some of those fleets are, are not, not only are they not growing now they're shrinking. Okay. Right. 
there's not capacity going up in this industry. We can I can point to other data. I'm looking at some data right now. I like to look at it comes from the Department of Labor every month. It's called uh, it's employment levels uh, of production and non-supervisory employees. I know that sounds crazy, but what it, in the in the general and specialized long distance truckload and LTL industry, that's drivers for the most part, right? It's mm -hmm. not a pure driver number, but it's it's drivers. Well, it did rise for a while, but since late last year, we've seen this metric fall almost a lot by 11,000 employees, right? And that doesn't include what's happened transpired recently. You are starting to see other measures. We look at some data on, you know, are, are fleets adding employees? Are they adding drivers? Um, in, in the second quarter, you know, they're not reducing their driver counts. These are contract carriers, right, on the truckload side. They're not reducing their, track, their trucks and tractor counts much, but they're not growing it really any either. Right. And in fact, that group is still off about five and a half percent from the pre pandemic levels in terms of tractor counts. I so, would agree with that. So it is. And of course, you know, I keep saying during the pandemic, you know, the OEMs, because of all the uh, supply chain issues, couldn't build trucks or enough trucks and people are getting fraction of what they're ordering and stuff. And, and I keep saying, what does this industry always do during the really good times? They buy a bunch of trucks. What could they not do this past time? They couldn't buy a bunch of trucks. So, so you add it all up. All that's got to happen is, is if we can get demand, if demand starts to level off here and stop falling and levels off, maybe ticks up a hair. I'm telling you, it's going to start to feel different for those that are in the industry. Yeah, that made it to the other side. Correct. Uh, I, I would agree. I, I think that you're dead on. I have a lot of the 20-ish truck private fleets that are at 17, 18 trucks right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the picture would have looked much different had they been able to buy a lot of equipment during the pandemic. Right. Then we would have a plethora, like an 07 to 10, of excess equipment all over the country sitting that the banks owned which we're not absorbing now so that may allow things to to recover somewhat i would say more timely than it would have otherwise so navigating this and trying to forecast um, i think that there's going to be positives in the next two quarters that we're going to see through the holidays. I don't know that it's sustainable long-term, but it's some positives for a foundation. And then next year, maybe status quo for the election year is, you know, with yeah. the little bumps and right. digging out. I don't, I don't see it flying up. No, no, no. I don't either. But if we even got back to Let's say, let's say normally number of loads goes up about 2% a year on average. If we get to 1% growth, I think you'd, fleets that are still in, around would notice it and start to feel better. Again, because it is a supply side story. Supply is left. You don't necessarily need the, the average growth. If you just get a little bit of growth, it's going to feel different. It's going to feel better. Wonderful. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I knew you'd have... Uh, a great delivery for us, so thank you. Um, you're, you're always, you always paint the picture. 
I, I appreciate you. Um, how are things going with the ATA? We're, things are busy. <laughs> we got a lot of moving thing, you know, moving parts here and on all on the environmental side, right? Yep. I mean, lots with California. We're we're doing that. We've got things on the the safety side, and uh, and 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 of course we got you know there's more and more infrastructure spending going on. That's great. We love that. Um, you know, um, by the way, we didn't mention, you know, one of the things I do, you're, you know, rightfully so poking, poking a little fun at me on my titles. It is ridiculously long, but <laughs> no, it's know, actually, it's uh, impressive. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I'm telling you, man, freight from Mexico continues to be strong. Wow. And that gets back to this, this idea of nearshoring, reshoring, friendshoring, whatever you want to call it. We've had two administrations one Republican, one Democrat that have pushed these policies. And while we went to China for 30 years, you don't come back overnight. The reality is there are drips and drabs of it that are happening and we are seeing it in the data. So there's a lot of things that we try to do. My team tries to do at, at the border to make the both the northern and southern borders as efficient as possible. And, and workforce development stuff continues to go on, even though the driver market has gotten easier. Um, it is still, you know, uh, things in that area. So bottom line is it's been a busy summer. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, do you see a lot coming back into the U.S. or you think a lot of it's stopping uh, in Mexico? I think the higher end production, in other words, production that is a, a, a lot of automated production i mean i love going to factories by the way it's one of my favorite things to do and it is i i am always amazed at those when you see all the humans are doing is making sure the robots and the computers are working correctly that kind of production can absolutely come back to the u.s right um but anything that's more you know labor intensive labor intensive thank you um, I think that kind of stuff is more likely Mexico. Okay. I mean, they're definitely, listen, compared to even, I've been to some some factories in China, right? I mean, some are very high tech, others are not, some are more labor intensive. Same in Mexico, but I think the, the it's even though labor rates, I mean, la people gotta realize, labor rates in Mexico are higher than that in China, right? So it's not, you know, you don't save money on labor, but you're closer to the market. And uh, and so I think North America in general is gonna. I'm 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 bullish on North American production, Canada, U.S., and Mexico. Understanding that a bulk of it will be Mexico in the years ahead. I, I think we're seeing that. To your point, uh, I think the ATA has uh, has been working hard from what we see and what I've seen. Uh, Mr. Boyle, Mr. Spear, everybody talking on Capitol Hill. I. I appreciate a lot of things that a lot of people do, but we appreciate the, the candid, um, the honest, genuine, fact-based discussions that we've seen a lot of. So please let them know we appreciate them and thank them. Appreciate and, it. And thank you so much for being on Stay In Your Lane. Uh, from a timeline perspective, we want to probably try and get you on uh, before Thanksgiving. See where we're at, if that's okay, okay with you. Send me an email. Yep. All right. Hey, thank you so much. Hey, no problem. Appreciate you. Have a good one. You too.